Hello everybody and welcome for the final time, hopefully, this is the how to start a podcast series. How does actually the final time you'll be hearing from me as well as Christian Man behind the board. And today we are talking all about distribution. We have told you how to do pre-production for your podcast. We showed you how to set up your podcast, all the equipment, how to record, how to edit. Now it's time to get it out there for the world to see. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Christian, it's been a great time doing this series. It's been a lot of work. It's taken a few months, but... This is the end of the stretch for you and me, my friend. How are you? I'm doing well. Um, you know, it's uh, it's nice to, you know, share the knowledge that we have to people that are just getting started or people that are intermediate and maybe just want some tips. But uh, we're coming to a close and then back to uh, business as usual. Yeah, I'm looking forward to going back to some um, unknown, unnamed nonsenses. You know, we did, we did take a break or two. Uh, I believe someone talking to Tarashek feed um, with a Chris Engelbert interview and um, this other guy, Mike, interview. So... It's been a fun ride, but all rides kind of come to an end until we re-release them on the APS feed. So that's going to be a lot of fun. But we're here to talk about distribution. So the most important thing with distribution is consistency. Consistency is key. As a podcast, one of the most important things for growth and your audience is consistency. Now, you can release podcasts on a daily, a weekly, a bi-weekly, a monthly, or an even longer basis. You can distribute them in a season format or an ongoing schedule. Now, each has their own sets of pros and cons. It's a matter of finding what works best for you, your team, your budget, and I guess your overall podcast. Like me, I do everything by myself for the most part. I have a couple of Christian here behind the board um, and recording in the videos. But in terms of egg and distribution, that's mostly done by me. And I still find a way to do it on a weekly basis while founding this company and working a regular 9-5 job. So if I can do it, y'all can do it too. But... You know, everyone's lives is different. I'm legally single with no kids, so <laughs> always, single. always, t always take that into consideration. Um, but once you make a choice, the most important thing is to stick with it and be consistent. Um, so that being said, there are two types of formats for how to distribute your podcast, and that is the season format versus the ongoing format. Now, an ongoing format is what one that never stops as long as your podcast is in production. So talking for Tarashik, for example, I like to release these every Wednesday morning if I can, every single week if I can. Now, if it's a holiday week, I'll take off, or if like something crazy comes up and I can't do it, I'll take a week off. But as much as I can, I want to be as consistent as I can. So I've started the podcast in 2022, and I think as of this whole year, I missed three weeks, which, hey – isn't too bad. My wrestling podcast, Kings of the Rings, there are three of us. We have rotating hosts. We never miss a week. We're live every single Wednesday unless the three of us just want to take a break for a week. So, But for the most part, it's an ongoing format, um, meaning it, does, it doesn't have a set beginning and an end. It just keeps going and going and going and going. This is definitely smart for if your podcast is topical. So if you're covering current events, you know, current events never stop. Um so think of it as it can be a weekly podcast with a guest. It can be daily motivation. Some people do five-minute wake-up-in-the-morning podcast for motivation. Um, a Sunday morning talk show. Either way, the podcast has no end in sight. This keeps going. Whereas a season format is one that has a set beginning and an end point. So say you're doing a podcast covering The Bachelor and The Bachelorette or any reality TV show. Right, That season has a beginning and an end, so your podcast would follow that season. Or if it's a sports podcast, you know the NFL season's wrapping up relatively soon, you could do a football podcast on the beginning and the end of the season, 
or even go in to start at spring training or uh, whatever they call it, um, or like winter meetings for baseball. So anything that kind of follows a natural season, or if you have an outdoors podcast, like a fishing podcast, a fishing season near you, or a hunting season if you're a hunter, um, or just like if you just want to take a break and really focus on production, depending on your production schedule. I know one of my very first interviews on um, Talking with Tarashuk or the Ambiguous Podcast Solution was the Pitch This Podcast. I love those guys. They're two guys from Hofstra went to school with. They're a lot of fun. They pretty much combine two different types of media. So, like, they mix SpongeBob and, like, Blue's Clues. And they pretty much, like, write, they write a script. They play games. They, they pitch an idea for a podcast, essentially, on their podcast. So they do a season format. So they break it down where they'll do, like, a few months of recording um, and editing and then release it. And then while they're releasing it, they're recording and editing the next batch. They take a few weeks or a month and then release the next season. So that's also very popular in podcasting. Um but it really depends what you want to do. You know, you can take a small hiatus and just take a break, you know. Um, this format can be ideal if you're worried about having a time to adequately plan and produce episodes year-round. It'd rather give us a few months, few months to take time, pause, and plan. So it's really, it's really up to you. Personally, I think the ongoing format fits podcasting better because – it's hard to keep an audience engaged if you take breaks. So if you take a break from releasing content and you're not there for three months, your podcast is just dead for three months. And then it's a little hard for your audience to come back and get back in the swing of things. Like how I consume content, it's very cyclical. It's very on, – it's on my own schedule. I fit creators' content that I consume into my schedule. And if they're taking a break for a few months, it can be a little difficult for me to get back into the swing of things. But, I mean, I totally understand. At the end of the day, it really doesn't matter. There are ways to keep engaging with an audience. So, like, for example, if I take a week or two off of talking with Tarashuk, I have a bunch of clips that I can post on TikTok and Instagram Reels and YouTube. I scheduled out YouTube videos, like, six weeks in advance. I'm recording this on November 17th. I currently have content scheduled out every day until February. So... That's just how I do things. Uh, Christian, would you do you prefer season or ongoing? Well, I mean, I think I think ongoing is usually the best strategy just because it's kind of a strategy for success. Uh, consistency yeah. is key is the biggest takeaway that I'm getting everything from what you just said. Um, even examples of people, shows, TV shows, for example, that were, you know, a hit pre-pandemic. Maybe they're, you know, riding the success of having a successful first season, second season, then the pandemic hits. And, you know, maybe it wasn't until, you know, 2021, 2022, where the next season comes mid, you know, mid 2021 or, you know, beginning of 2022. And a lot of those shows, they, you know, they've had a hard time getting people that were very, very engaged and very excited in the first place to come back and, you know, attain the same viewership that they had originally. So I think there's a lot to, that goes with using the ongoing model. Or if you're going to be seasonal, you know, set reasonable expectations. Of course, you not you can't be talking about The Bachelor when it's not, you know, not necessarily on anymore. Yeah. But I think it's important to set those reasonable expectations. And if you can, um, you know, choose something, choose a particular topic, uh, personal, professional, as you talked about, that is ongoing because consistency is key. Mm -hmm. And it also it comes a lot down to budget. Right? If, you're, if you're doing a business podcast or you're, you're a business running a podcast, you know, you're going to need a budget. A good way to save money is to not release them every single week, right? It's just it just makes sense. But be consistent. Yeah, 
Wouldn't with exactly. that, you know, yeah. if you're going to do every other week, do every other week. If, if you know, the reason is, you know, budget reasons, trying to be budget conscious and, you know, take some time off. But now your viewers have an expectation. They're not going to be looking for it the next week and be like, what happened? And that's how you get fall off and drop off. Yeah, it's kind of it's hard to choose the perfect format. Like, what is the perfect format? Well, everyone consumes content differently. Right. So you can you can release um, a podcast every day. And that could be very attractive to some listeners, or it could be very unattractive to some listeners. Right. You know, like I, I listened to Gary V for a little bit when I was um actually when I was unemployed, trying to get myself motivated to get back out there. Um, great guy. And, and keep and keep grinding. But he releases multiple podcasts every single day on his feed. And it got to the point where it's too much. I had to unsubscribe, and I kind of realized, you know, Gary V is kinda of, very repetitive. It also depends on your topic. Exactly. Depends on your topic. You know, if you're talking about maybe something that's very inspirational and happy, maybe that's something that people would like to see every single day. You know, it's gonna it's gonna depend. I mean, I think at the end of the day, not to get too deep with it, but we're creatures of habit and you just gotta form that habit for your your audience, your listeners, your viewers, all of those things. Yeah. And for yourself. Yeah. And for yourself. So yeah, the most important thing consistently whether you choose season it's or like what own. what can you commit to? Exactly. But yeah, what what can you feasibly do? What can you feasibly afford? And um, what's the gain? Like, what's what's your return? So like, um, I have someone who distributes with us at APS, where they do a biweekly podcast, and it works great for them. But they're like, well, how can I gain? How can I gain more listeners? That's what they always ask me. How can I gain more viewership? Well, the first thing I say is, are you on TikTok? No. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a problem. Um, I use podcast on video. No, that's the second problem. But the other thing is, it's like you you release biweekly, right? So like maybe. If you want to get more listeners, release weekly, right? This release more often. Maybe it's just it's, more. It's more content out there for people to latch on to. Yeah, your content, your audience could be wanting more. And if you if you don't know, if you don't know, I would say start releasing monthly or bi monthly, which is that's why monthly or bi weekly. So once a month or every other week, because it's a lot easier to start releasing more, and it looks better if you're releasing more. Then if you're releasing every day and cutting back. Right. If that not, makes sense. Not necessarily a good look. Yeah. Yeah. Optics. But, again, choice is yours. Personal, professional. Budget. Time constraints. There's a lot of factors to consider. There is no magic wand. Just do what works best for you. But, once you do, I also have a, um, a saying that I follow when it comes to releasing content. Is that everything needs to be everywhere. Always. Always. <laughs> and if that sounds confusing, that's kind of the point. Um, I've but, heard that somewhere. Yeah, yeah. I've, I think I made it up. Um, but in layman's terms, what that means is your content needs to be as many places as possible as often as you can. That is something I do believe in. Like I do try and release content on every single platform every single day. Um, it is hard. It's very hard. Um, and sometimes it's not very rewarding. But it is something I believe because there is an audience on every single platform and they all have different variables. So you got to kind of tweak a strategy. Like if it's Facebook strategy is going to be very different towards your RSS strategy, which is going to be insanely different to your TikTok strategy, which is completely different to your LinkedIn strategy. But you do need content on all of those different platforms pretty much. I mean, if you're doing – an unprofessional podcast where, you know, you make fart jokes and you curse a lot. Maybe not the best place for LinkedIn, but it's good for everywhere else. I think there's kind of a different level of feed tolerance 
Yes. For every platform, you know, where it just becomes annoying. LinkedIn, I think maybe lowest tolerance. Hmm. You know. Elaborate. Well, TikTok, in my opinion, flood TikTok. Yes. Absolutely. Flood TikTok. Yep. Put as much content as Spam you want. It. If you put, you know, a new video every hour, whatever. That's what the 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 the, the platform was designed for, um, for just mass viewership and virality and watch and uh, watchership. I think I was gonna say viewership. Viewership. Um, but maybe don't do that on LinkedIn. <laughs> you know, maybe if you have a an email list, don't email a people a new podcast episode. You know, twice a day. Right. You know, you, there's there's different different pain tolerances for depending on the platform. Right, but when I when I say everything needs to be everywhere always, I mean you need to be doing all of those things. Like you need Twitter, you need Facebook, you need LinkedIn, you need TikTok, Absolutely. you need email, you need distribution, you need you need all of these things in order for your podcast distribution to be successful. Because the more places it is, the more likely it's going to be seen. Definitely. And the more likely it's going to be seen, the more likely it's going to be enjoyed. More like it's going to be enjoyed, more like you're going to subscribe. And if they're everywhere, you want to be connecting other devices. So if you're posting on LinkedIn, you know, if it's a YouTube video, post a link to the YouTube so they can go subscribe to the YouTube. It's right there. Or post a link to your the, the, the thing on iTunes. Go in the iTunes description. Make sure you source out to your Twitter and source out to your TikTok. And on TikTok, put lower thirds and subscribe to your Instagram. Right? Like everything is connected. And it, what's, what's good for someone? Like if someone watches my TikTok and goes, oh, they go on there on YouTube? Someone's going to go great and hit subscribe. Someone's going to go yuck and then swipe next. But that's the same thing with anything. You can't really predict that in podcasting. It's just throw it out there and hope for the best of times. But once you do, you know, once you see the results, you can make small tweaks. Exactly. I make tweaks all the time. You just got to find something that works. Once you find something that works, stick with it. Um, But something that definitely works, if you are launching a podcast, this is something I learned in the past few years. If when you are launching, launch with three episodes on day one release. That is very, very important. And on top of that, I would have one or two more scheduled for release that are 100% done. And the reason for that is, one, it's more likely that iTunes is going to pick you up for the new and noteworthy. Because if you have one podcast and you have three different options, the audience can pick and choose which one they like. And if they like one they're more likely to go listen to the other two and then subscribe as opposed to if it's just one, they might just one, subscribe, or they might just forget about it. But if there's three, listen to all three, and they like all three, they're very likely to subscribe and they're very likely to review and most likely get you boosting that iTunes algorithm. So Nice. Algorithm talk. Yeah. So it was, this will give an, your audience a chance to know your podcast and your style. If they like, they like it. They're more likely to continue listening. If they don't, then you know what? They already know. Um, but it's just it's easier to have them listen to more and stay for more than listen to one and hope and fingers crossed they come back. And you have two in the bank to buy yourself some time to to create more and release more. Like I like for talking to Tara, like I like to um, I would prefer to have two weeks ahead two weeks ahead, whereas I have one released on Wednesday, next Wednesday scheduled, and then that, that week I'm editing the one to be released two weeks after that. That's the ideal goal. doesn't always work out, but that's what I push for. And having two in the bank can give you that breathing room um, to keep on producing. 
And I, li- I like that point because just because you have a set schedule doesn't mean you need to actually be doing the podcast on that on that release schedule. Yeah. Meaning if you release once a week, that doesn't mean that you actually have to do it once a week. Maybe you start off doing it once a week, you do two one week, and now you're one week ahead. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, release accordingly. Yeah. But definitely on launch, it's most important to release three. Don't release like eight or nine or ten. Um, or the full season, because then you're just bu- you're booking yourself into a corner. It's just like, well, now what, right? Once it's all released, then there's no, there's no. But that season format and like releasing or this one a week or whatever, it like that's the problem Netflix had. I'm gonna say this isn't Netflix binge watch. You yeah, know? yeah, totally different thing. Yeah, you, you don't typically binge podcasts. At least I don't. You know, people people listen to, on average listen to probably two or three podcasts if they subscribe to podcasts. Which means in their app, it's a it's a feed. It's their own individual built-in feed. That's why I like Stitcher so much, um, which we're gonna get into in a little bit. But quality versus quality, quality versus quantity. That good old quality versus quantity argument. Christian, I love having this argument with people. What is more important? This is probably the second or third most consistent question. That gets asked to podcasters, myself included. Really? Yeah. And so, I'm Christian, I'm going to ask you first. What do you think is more important, quality or quantity of content? I mean, I think it has to be quality regardless. That's To me, that's a given. That's a no-brainer. I mean, quality is important. Quality is, you know, because okay, qu- like, like, if you're making the quantity argument, that's just like kind of the be there. Yes. Just be their argument, which definitely, you know, has some merit. But eventually people are going to stop listening if you're just there and not really saying anything of substance. I think I think you got to have quality. No brainer. Got to have quality. But you also got to be consistent. So what does that translate to? Yeah, Quantity. Yeah. Yeah. So essentially, yeah, I think it's a dumb argument. I think it's such a dumb argument because the truth is you need quality of quantity. Meaning you need both. They're both pretty much equally important. But gun to my head, which do I say is more important? I would say quantity because quality is subjective. Quantity is not. Quantity is number. That's a fact. Quality is there's room for debate. This is a, it's, it's, it is a dumb argument. Yeah. Where anybody successful in life, you know, even if you break it down to a singular job, it's like, do you, do you, do you need to do good at work sometimes? Or yeah. you need to do good yeah. at work all, all the, the time, time, a lot of a times. Lot of times, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> and that's, that's great. That's really good. That's I'm gonna remember. It's that like, one. well, you know, I do a good job once a month. Yeah. I mean, I be, there are places and careers where you can get away with that, but if you're talking about doing well and advancement, you're not getting promotion off doing. Yeah, I, I, I did a good job a couple times. You know, once. Yeah. Yeah. Every once in a while, I'll do something good. Yeah. You so got to be good a lot of the time and anything if you want to be great. I, I do have this debate, not frequently, but frequently enough. And that's just that's my stance. You need quality of quantity. Uh, it's like a, you need quantity of quality, whatever. Um, but I, <laughs> say I say that three times. Yeah, say that three times fast. We don't mean yeah. that one, Batman. But I do. I do think quantity does get a slight edge because quality is just, you know, what's good to me. You know, I'm a big fan of Joe Rogan. People out there think Joe Rogan is trash. So what's hmm. more important there? I guess quantity, because he releases a lot of them. People like it. So well, I mean, there is an argument to be, argument to be made that um, 
with quantity, there are going to be there, there's going to be some people that perceive it as quality. Exactly. Just because you're you're putting a lot of content out there, people it's almost like a learn to like it. Exactly. Yeah. Like people hate Gary V for no reason. Like I don't I don't despise Gary V. I have problems with Gary V, but you know I don't feel so strongly about Gary V. But he does he does quantity that people find quality, and other people don't find quality. So for him, quantity is way more important. But that's just like that's just the surface. If you want to dig a little bit deeper into each. Like, if you're just starting out, the most important thing is quality. If you're just releasing a podcast, your first introduction to the world, you want to make sure that shit is tight. Right? You want to make sure it's good. It has to sound good. It has to look good. It needs to be well-produced and marketed well. You know, once you get um, – once you got that down, you can be releasing as much as possible. Once you get the formula of quality down, once your audience understands what quality is, once your audience tells you what quality is – then you just pound the pavement. You beat that algorithm into submission with as much as that quality content as possible. Once you have the quality, you do unlimited in quantity. Rinse and repeat. Rinse and repeat. But, you know, again, with, with quality being subjective, that's another reason why I diversify my content as much as possible. So, you know, I was talking with Tarashuk, right? Like, this, this podcast is being released on a Talking to Tarashek feed next to a business podcast. And before that, it's an it's a, uh, unknown, unnamed nonsense. The three are nothing alike. They are completely different. That's on purpose. I diversify my content because the more diverse my content is, the more diverse my listeners are. And the more diverse my listeners are, the more potential there is for them. Well, right? there's also format. It's also format. Because, you know, you have the, the full-fledged you know, long play, full version of the podcast on YouTube. Exactly. Some people want to watch. Some people like Some that. people want to listen. But you also go further and you have things that are formatted specifically for TikTok, mm -hmm. short videos or YouTube shorts. Not everybody's going to want to listen to the whole thing. They're just going to want to have the, you know, the touch points and get the gist. So diversification. Yeah, some people don't have two hours listening to me and Trevor talk about baseball. <laughs> this doesn't happen, but we did. You know, that is one of my favorite podcasts. We talked for two hours. Um, but that's on YouTube, right? Um, that, in my opinion, is quality. That, to people's opinion, is quality. Um, but to other people, it's not quality. They find 60 seconds of debating whether Christian's Puerto Rican on TikTok quality. <laughs> <laughs> Still our highest rated oh, video on TikTok man. by far. Yeah. Um, inside joke, anyone follows our TikTok at Talking with Tarashuk. Um, but, yeah, I diversify my content, and that gets down to our RSS distribution, why I diversify, which I'm going to get into in a little bit. But on the quantity versus quality, you also have to take into account the social media algorithms, which pretty much take quality and throw it out the window. They just crumple it up and throw it in the corner. Social media don't give a damn about what quality content is. Because to them, it's an algorithm. To them, it's engagement in numbers. It's perceived. It's perceived quality. Exactly. Based off a robot, you know, an algorithm. Exactly. Your your grainy video that your five year old shot can get ten million views on TikTok, and it's just him doing a handstand and falling over. <laughs> who that, directed this? Who get that can get ten million views on TikTok, whereas someone in a professional studio like this one or on CNBC can get ten. So put that into perspective. How does that make sense? It doesn't, but it does, right? At the end of the day, 
the algorithm rewards those who meet their criteria, and their criteria typically trends more towards quantity than it does quality, especially like TikTok reels and YouTube shorts. So, conclusion. Find your quality at first, produce as much as that as possible, tailor to the social media algorithms, and from there, you get quantity of quality and growth. Sums up pretty well, right? That's TikTok right there for you. Yeah, there, there it is. Yeah. I mean, um, I'm glad we're gonna we're gonna have some shorts and things, some some nice little tidbits. Yeah, I did go a little overboard. So uh, as of recording this, uh, I just released uh, my podcast with Chris Engelbert, where we talked an hour and forty five minutes on the economy, um, and I cut twelve clips ranging from three to fifteen minutes um, for YouTube, and that goes on like LinkedIn, Facebook, and everything. Mm-hmm. I cut thirty five shorts for TikTok and reels and YouTube shorts. It's about a minute long. Yeah, minute max. Minute, minute. minute max. I will actually, you know, Instagram just changed the rules. Instagram did. That's good. It's. I think it's a minute twenty now. YouTube needs to do the same thing because two of them might be a minute thirty. Two of them were like a minute fifteen because I, I knew TikTok could handle it. I had a feeling Reels could handle it, but if YouTube got, if I had to k- cut on the short, that's fine because I thought that extra fifteen seconds was needed for context. Now, yeah, I do hate that about TikTok and, and Reels and YouTube Shorts because I just got to take sixty seconds without context sometimes. You, well, it's basically. You know, sound bites from media where, exactly. you know, where, you know, a media outlet, regardless of an agenda based sound bite to get a reaction. Yeah. Exactly. And it's you have no context. It's quick. It's just the headline. I mean, that's that's essentially what it is. And I hate on, it. on social media. I despise it. Clickbait. As a content creator. You don't like clickbait. Host, you don't like clickbaiting no, people. As a podcaster, as someone who considers this an art form, I hate it. It goes against everything I believe in with podcasting. Well, because you're about relaying, you know, all the information, all the facts. Yeah, I'm about talking. I'm about engaging. I'm about three-hour conversations if I could have them, um, which one day I will. One day I will do the Rogan format to a T, but, you know, as I'm building, it's hard to convince someone for three hours. Say, I, 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 want, I want three hours of your time. No, no, no. Give me an oh, hour yeah, max. Yeah. So, but I do them because that's what works, right? That's what the market dictates. No. If you are stubborn and you're 45 and you only want to post on Facebook, your, your podcast might not grow that much because Facebook isn't dying, but the people who use it are. That was a little rude, but it's true. <laughs> yeah, I mean, these are facts. We're going to get These are facts. That was a... Uh, Wow, say it right to the heart with that one. God I mean, damn. I mean, I don't think it's uh, you know sixteen year olds. We we know we know we yeah, know the we, we all know, know. We know the stats. We all we all know. Also, my, my TikTok audience is a little interesting. I'm like, it's like, I'm like this can't be a reflection on me, is it? When, when sixteen year olds were f- on Facebook, I was sixteen. Yeah, yeah. You know, they were moving over from uh, from from my MySpace and AOL chat. You do you know, do you know how side note we'll get back to it real quick but do you know you know how hard how difficult it is to explain what MySpace was to someone I nev- who's I too young one. I never had one You never had one I ble- we're the same age so I never had one But you know what it is though Yeah yeah I know, I know, s- I know Tom you, and like, your, your music you've bio s- thing. and you've seen it it's very blog style I was trying to explain yeah, yeah. it to like a like a like a 22 year old and they're like I don't get it Yeah no one got it that's why that's why it was amazing uh, yeah, it didn't. It didn't ruin elections and societies yet. Oh yeah, it's before social media had a grip. Yeah, dude, Tom, had a grip Tom on the got world out so fast that dude in a white T-shirt going like this. 
Yeah, yeah. So smart. Tom was everybody's friend. He's he was, on, he was on the top. I think it was the top five back then. He was everyone's first. He was everyone's. He was that everyone's you know, that friend. that mattered back then. You're just like, I'm not in your top five. What is this? I I thought we were friends. I thought art imitates reality. You know, actually, I, actually, <laughs> I, I got so like I you know you know um the saying you can count yeah, top seven. You, you can count your best friends on one hand. That's the saying. That's what's the saying. If if you're lucky, you'll get the, you get you get five best friends in your life. And you can count them on one hand. I agree with that. It's it's true, and I love saying this about my friend Dave. Um, Dave is a hundred percent on that hand. He just so happens to be the middle finger. Oh, because you got him in order. No, no, no. It's because it's Dave is just like Dave is Dave is just like oh Dave, right? He's that kind of friend. Like you you love him to pieces, but it's just like oh Dave. So you're so, like, I got this guy, I got. Uh, so I'm like, I'm like, if that's Dave. true, and you can count your friends on your finger, Dave is the middle finger. <laughs> oh, I see, I yeah, see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now you get it. All right, back to the podcast. RSS distribution. So your podcast, your audio lives on an RSS feed. Now we described what an RSS feed is in our very first episode, so go and listen back to it. Podcasts are unique, in my opinion, because there is no such thing as exclusivity. Exclusivity is dead doesn't exist when it comes to podcasting because everything needs to be everywhere always now think of like ozark is exclusive to netflix or the sopranos is exclusive to hbo and that kind of a medium podcasts are not like that they're not like that at all if your podcast only lives on itunes guess what that's a mistake if they aren't available everywhere your podcasts like they need to be available everywhere because that's where the people are Typically, it's the more, the merrier when it comes to podcasting. You know, here are the major platforms and biggest podcast solutions, obviously. We do distribute everywhere, and we offer you marketing and podcast coaching and all that fun stuff on this course. Uh, we distribute to 25-plus platforms worldwide. That plus is in case anything else comes in, and we can distribute it there. But the big ones in the States, at least, are Apple Podcasts. Easily number one platform for podcasting, and it has been for years. They revolutionized the RSS technology. They are the format that every other platform will use. They pretty much copy and paste most of it for distribution qualifications, like the, uh, the um, iTunes image for your podcast image. Every platform follows the iTunes model. Um, Spotify. Sp Spotify, in comparison, is relatively new to podcasting, but it's a platform that's putting a lot of time, energy, and money into podcasting. You know, they, they, brought, they introduced video podcasting. Um, they did get Joe Rogan as an exclusive, and they they are probably going to try and do more exclusives, which, you know what, Christian? Let's do a sidebar and um, go into the the, 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 uh, the Spotify debate and exclusivity. Unless you are someone like a Joe Rogan who, mm. can, who is worth $100 million and has millions upon millions upon millions of views per episode, exclusivity is not going to help you. If you are a small creator, Spotify is going to put you in a box and keep you there and own you, in my opinion. Okay. You are better off being everywhere and making your own bargains and being in full control because Rogan was just so big, it couldn't fail being exclusive. It did work in both of their parties' favors. Yeah. But if you have a – like say a My Favorite Murder, um, which is like the number one – true crime podcast in the world, I think, or it's up there. If they went exclusive to Spotify, their numbers would plummet at least for a little bit. They might come back up and stabilize, but their numbers, their download numbers and their revenue for a little bit, at least at first, is guaranteed to go down. 
mm-hmm. in my opinion, because people have their habits. I listen to all of my podcasts on Stitcher, which is an Android only device. If they're not, if they're only on Spotify, I'm not. I'm just gonna say, okay, it's been a good, it's been a good run. Unless I love it, like Rogan. Rogan is the only podcast I'll go exclusive for. Right. Period. I mean, I think as a creator, why would you want to have your like if you're starting off? Again, like you said, you're not Joe Rogan level. You're starting off. That's what this podcast is for. Yeah. Why would you only want to be in one place? Why would you limit yourself? When you have the, we're living in a day and age where it's not like as a podcaster, you need to go get a record deal. Yeah. You know, you can put your stuff everywhere. So why not? The more the merrier. Yeah. You don't, you, 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 only when you're in a position where you're too big to fail would you want to be exclusive. Exactly. And, and the power the power is in the podcaster. The power is with the podcaster. The platforms need us more than we need them. Right. Especially because it's free. If nothing's stopping you, you know, be everywhere that you can. Yeah. Simple as that. Now, you can you can disagree with me and want to go exclusive. And if, if you get a boatload of money and you want to take the deal, hey, man, I get it. Take the deal. But just know that's not – that's not really I mean, the genesis of I think if you are at that crossroads, you have to make the decision, well, I take the money and not – and just take the money because taking the money doesn't mean that your success is necessarily going to be accelerated. I mean, hell, man. If Spotify gave me $100 million for talking to Tara, should be exclusive? Where do I sign? I'll let that shit Oh, die. yeah, for sure. I'll, I'll let that die and start a new it depends one. On, it depends <laughs> on the goal. But, I mean, $100 million, that's a lot. Of, that's a lot. That's a lot. That's, that's an extreme. That's a lot. And you, might you know have gotten, what I'm you saying? You might have gotten more. Like, what if it's a check for 50, you know, check for 50000 100000 Yeah. If it let's, was, say 100, let's say 100000 Let's say, yeah, let's say When let's When say that money runs out and your viewership has not gone up, what are you going to do? Yes. Oh, wait. You're locked into a contract. Yeah. You're going to wait for that contract to expire. You're going to not resign, and you're going to start a new podcast. Why even go through all that? Or you're going to go back and go everywhere else. So. Which is like, like you know, it's like, hey, uh, say Spotify, I'm going to need some more money. It's like, well, your views aren't really <laughs> making us want to give you more, you know? I mean, you also you also start to see this with streaming services. So, like, HBO Max, right? HBO, or Warner Brothers or Discovery, whoever technically owns it. I think it's Discovery or Viacom who owns Discovery. I don't know, man. It's such a monopoly. But the, the point is, right, like the Harry Potter movies right now are on HBO, but I think they're also on Peacock because well, – you got licensing and syndication. That's, that's what I mean. But the point is th- that, that's, a pod, that's a podcasting model because it, it's, it's, it's more valuable for the product to be on both because – cons- especially if you own both. Because then a consumer can choose which one do they want, which one's a better deal, which one fits in their budget. You know, HBO Max can be $15 a month, but Peacock can be free with ads or $6 a month. You have to be very big um, to, to, to go the exclusive route. Example, the fact that Sopranos is only on HBO, people will go buy HBO. Just for the Sopranos. Because right. we're talking about the Sopranos. Yeah. You know, there was a show, um, 24. Love 24. One of my favorite shows. Kiefer Sutherland, baby. Ever. Yeah, yep. Kiefer Sutherland. Crazy. I mean, movie. I, I, I won't go on that tangent because anybody who's a fan of 24, they know it's like it's cult level like love. It is cult level love. Um, I'm there, man. But it was on Netflix. It was. At one point. It was. And the Amazon made a power move. It was like, we're buying the rights to this. Mm-hmm. So only we have it. 
And this is back when Amazon was on its way up. Yep. I literally got Amazon Prime just to watch 24. Even yep. though I've seen it already, you know, the <laughs> the million times I've already seen it. But that's, you know, it's it's it was big enough to be able to do that. Then Hulu did the same thing. Hulu did the same thing because Hulu. With 24 that Hulu, I'm talking about. Or it's yeah. like Hulu, Hulu is owned by Disney. And I think Disney bought the rights to Fox so they could do that on Hulu because Fox owns 24. Or shows like um, Seinfeld. Seinfeld. Seinfeld's back on Netflix, but it was right. also like whatever. But that that that's licensing agreements between different video shooting platforms. Podcasting is the same idea, but with no licenses because it's all free. But right. you know, with with twenty four being on Hulu and Amazon, yeah, who does that benefit the most? Yeah, twenty exactly. four benefits twenty four. Twenty four. Everybody involved because more people can watch it. Yeah. So yeah, exclusive. So they started off, you know, they started off kind of doing the exclusive thing and. Um, Eventually, they you know they spread their wings and was like, yeah, it's probably more lucrative for for us to be in a couple different places. I mean, there is a place for exclusivity in podcasting, but it's gonna sound weird. It's gonna be exclusive everywhere, if that makes sense. So, like, it's exclusive. I think it's a technique so that you eventually can be in more places. But yeah. you could just be in more places to begin with. Like it can a piece of content can live exclusively on a feed on an RSS feed, but that RSS feed is distributed everywhere. Yeah, makes sense. So it's like it's like a, it's like a chain of command. So like talking hierarchy Tar- taking exactly talk hierarchy. So talking with Tarashuk is like is the brand, right? But I also have talking sports with Tarashuk. I have talking business with Tarashuk. I have talking nonsense with Tarashuk, which we all all our non I mean nonsense content where. It will live exclusively on that feed, separate from sports and business, but that feed is distributed everywhere, mm. right? But it also lives on the Talking with Tarashuk main feed, which is a combo of every single podcast under the Talking with Tarashuk brand. So it's like a Netflix, which we're going to get into in a second. But other apps, you know, like Google Podcasts, um, Google's trying to milk the podcasting cash cow, uh, I don't know anyone who listens to podcasts on Google Podcasts, but I'm sure they're there. I did not know that that was a thing. Yeah, Google Podcasts. I mean, I'm not surprised. Yeah. Um, SoundCloud. Now, the first thing you th- the first thing you think of when it comes to SoundCloud is not podcasting. At all. You think of, like, rappers and want to be beats makers. Yep. Um, but pod- you can release your podcast on SoundCloud, do playlists. There's a lot of cool things you can do on SoundCloud. Now, SoundCloud's a bit tricky because... You got to pay the one fifty for one fifty a year for the premium. Um, if you're big, do it. If you're just starting out, don't, don't do it. Sound- gotta be, you gotta be worth it. Yeah, SoundCloud is a very much. Is it worth it to you? To me, that's a no, but it is an option, and you can be successful if you do it correctly. Um, and of course, your own website. If you're a business, duh, put it on your website. You can embed a player, and it'll all update. Um, as well as specific episodes into like blog posts and stuff like that. Now, other others include Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, iHeartRadio, CastBox, and others. They aren't as big as other platforms, but it can't hurt to put them there. You never know who's going to listen. There's some that are uh, international. Like There's a big one in Mexico. There's a big one in Germany. There's a big one in Japan. Um, I put them all there as well. I don't even know if people there like understand English, but I put it there because you never know. Like, one of the biggest podcasting apps in Italy might not be iTunes. In fact, it's definitely not iTunes. It might be Google. It might be Stitcher. It might be Spotify. I have no idea. 
But you want to make sure it's there so they can find it and at least give them a chance. Yeah, I mean, I I would uh, I would circle back saying one thing. Podcasts at this point, a podcast itself isn't monetized. Right. So there's no bidding war. Right. Why not have it everywhere? It's not like this person is going to pay you more than this person. This platform is going to pay you more than this platform. Have it everywhere. All you're looking for is views. That's the goal. Because mm-hmm. it's not a monetized uh, medium mm-hmm. yet. Yet. So how do you get your podcast on these platforms? Basically, you submit your RSS feed to each platform. It sounds complicated, but no worries. We at APS take care of all of that. Um, part of our services is managing your account. Um, and whatnot. We take care of the rest. Uh, we create your code. We feed. We code it. Um, it's just your RSS feed pretty much breaks down into a link. Um, we will distribute it to all those 25 platforms, and if anything come up, so comes up, we'll do it. A lot of it's automated, so if you upload it to iTunes, um, iTunes owns other apps. Like I think Overcast is, they use iTunes API, whereas there's four, five, maybe six of them, where if you upload to iTunes, it automatically gets retransmitted to those without you have to do anything. Um, and then also, we, we can give you a link to your RSS feed where if we miss one or if you want to do another one, you can you can manually submit it. Uh, like something like Player FM, I think is what it's called. Um, you can create an account and manually submit it, and you can get access to all your stats on the back end as opposed to going through us. So, plenty of options. But one thing that we do exclusively... There's that word again. At least to my knowledge, I have looked long and far from other hosting apps like an Anchor, which is free. Um, a a uh, what's that other one? Um, God, it's blanking on me. I'm not doing this on purpose. Like a transistor, uh, the green one. Um, God, this is really annoying. I can't remember the name of them. My friend uses it. Spreaker. Spreaker is one of them. Um, they all offer different things in terms of distribution. But none of them offer posting one piece of audio to multiple RSS feeds. That is something we here at Ambiguous Podcast Solution separates us from everyone else. Once our app is finished and out there, you can have what is called a network feed. That network feed is all of your content. So I'm going to give an example for Talking Tire Shark. I'm going to give an example for Realtors and um, an example for a sports network like an ESPN. ESPN should do this. So – Let's go, with, let's, go with, let's go with the realtor first. So say you run a realty agency in, here in Montclair, um, like Red House Realty. You would have one RSS feed with all of your realtors. So I am a realtor, Christian is a realtor, and his cousin Greg is also a realtor. And they each have properties. You know, in the previous example, um, in the previous episode, I gave why realtors should have podcasts because this example for them to show the property, videos, this, that, and the other, et cetera, et cetera. Now, those all need to live somewhere. So you're going to have the network feed, which is the big bubble, Red House Realty, which is going to have Greg's episodes. It's going to have my episodes. It's going to have Christian's episodes. It's going to have Catherine's episodes, all in one feed distributed everywhere, right? So anyone who's interested in just that realty and wants to find a realtor can go and listen to those podcasts and find a realtor they want to work with. But also... I'm going to have my own feed. Christian is going to have his own feed. Catherine's going to have his own feed. And Greg is going to have his own feed. So on Spotify, when you type in Red Roof Realty, you're going to get a the main feed, which is all of our podcasts, 
You're going to get a feed from me, which is just my podcast and my listings. You're going to get a feed for Christian, which is, which is all of his listings, and et cetera, et cetera. Now, the purpose of this is to not, not spam, but one feed with too many episodes can be very confusing. Whereas all of my properties are much more organized. And if I am selling to a family and they want to suggest me personally, they can send them to um, the feed, my feed, and say, here's, here's Will's properties. Or if I do a bad job, but they found a house and they go, you know, Will wasn't that great, but the realty gave really good discounts and rates and mortgages rates. Here's the feed to the entire agency. Ignore Will's episodes. Look at Christian's. Look at Catherine's. That is a business tool you can do. Now, you can technically do that right now with podcasting apps, but for Anchor, you would need four accounts on Anchor. You need to log in and out of four different accounts. For Spreaker, same thing. Four different charges. For um, the green one, Libsyn. That's it, Libsyn. For Libsyn, same thing. You might be able to manage them, but you got to copy and paste the posts for every single feed you manage. Like a transistor, uh, you can have as many podcasts as you want, but you can't post one piece of audio to multiple feeds at the same time. At Ambiguous Podcast Solutions, we can. So your your actual home like page is going to be upload your audio, put the title, the description, the um the artwork categories, but also a little a little box that podcasts that are associated with your account. So me as a podcaster, I would upload my audio, it would go to Red Roof Realty, check it would go to talking with. Uh, it would go to Will Tarashuk Realty. Check when I hit submit. That one piece of audio goes to two listings on iTunes, two listings on Spotify, two listings on Google, two listings on Stitcher at the exact same time. That's huge. That is a huge networking opportunity that you can do for your business. And as far as I know, we are going to be the only platform that can actually do it. Not just Realty. You can copy and paste this for. Anything. So take Talking with Tarashuk. Talking with Tarashuk is a variety show. It's a mixed bag, but a podcast. I do podcasts like this, where I'm teaching you about my journey in podcasting. I do a podcast with Christian, where it's unknown, unnamed nonsense. We have a giant random list of questions, and we have a lot of fun and say some silly things. Where I have another version of that podcast, where I talk to professionals, I talk to my friends, I talk to athletes, I talk to authors, I talk to deadbeats and homeless people. That is a completely different aspect of all the same podcast. At the top, we'll be talking with Tarashuk, where I release, where I release all three of those branches. It branches out into a bubble. Think of like a, a pie, not pie chart, the bubble chart, right? So all those live under the nucleus. But also, I have an individual feed where I, where I separate it. I organize it into a playlist where I talk with sports athletes. So if you listen to my podcast and I love you like my athlete, my athletes interviews, or I'm talking about baseball or football, they're all right there for you. You don't need to be bogged down and annoyed by unknown, unnamed nonsense or talking about business and finance. You can just separate yourself from the pack. Or if you really like unknown, unnamed nonsense and you're a college kid and you like just saying ridiculous things, you can subscribe to the unknown, unnamed nonsense feed and completely skip the baseball feed because you're a theater major. So the, <laughs> the, the, point, the point of this is it is a way for you as a podcaster to organize your content like a YouTube playlist. And it's also an opportunity for your audience 
to pick and choose their path at what they want to listen to. Now, the benefit to that is all those downloads, it all adds up to one giant number. So your main feed, that main nucleus, might be a low subscriber count, but that's okay. That's by design. The, the, the business aspect might have a lot of downloads that might be really, really popular. That's okay. That's by design. And the reason I will do that is because I will tailor and target ads to each and every single playlist. So say for the Talking with Tyrus, the main feed, say it has 10,000 downloads a month, right? Those are people who listen to every single one of my verticals. They subscribe and like every single one of the bubbles. They are most likely to buy what I am selling. They are most likely to subscribe to a Patreon. They're most likely to buy this merch, which is actually real. You can buy this. Um, they are most likely to support another podcast I shout them out on. That's fine. They are my hardcore listeners. Whereas the sports branch, talking sports with Tarashuk, they are more likely to buy, um, say it has 100000 a month, they are more likely to buy ads from a sponsor. They are more likely to buy a Blue Chew ad. They're more likely to buy a MeUndies ad. They're more likely to buy sports supplements ads. So you advertise differently per feed. And you can do all of that from one account on one um, – by uploading one piece of audio to multiple different RSS feeds. Um, a sports network, ESPN. ESPN has like um, – Different different vertical podcasts. You can get even more meta with this, right? All the baseball podcasts on like MLB Tonight or MLB Network, or if like Keith Oldman, not Keith Oldman, he isn't on ESPN anymore. Or if like whoever's on ESPN, like if Charlie Caruso does one or Charlie Arnold does one, you know, she can have her own feed. If that really cute guy with the gray hair that girls like on ESPN, I forget his name, Seth, whatever. If he wants to do one, he can do one. If uh, Stephen A. Smith wants to do one, no one will listen to it, but he could have one, right? Oh, people hate it. People listen to it because they hate him. You can you can divvy it up however you want to divvy it up, and you can do that all from one account by clicking boxes, and it'll be on Spotify. You can have four different listings on Spotify by uploading a piece of audio once. How is that, Christian? I need a glass of water after that one. Hey, man. Nail on the head. That is that – is But you can do that where? In Biggest Podcast Solutions, All right. once the app is finished. Be clear about that. Yeah. So, yeah, like right now, um, it's in development as recording this on November 17th. It is in development. Um, at first, it is going to be in um, alpha form where we control all the back end. And once it's ready for the public, you'll be able to do this all by yourself. We're going to be looking for um, investors. We're we'll looking for fundraising. So all that's going to be coming soon. But that is the crux of Ambiguous Podcast Solutions. That is what separates us all. From the pack. That is what Jared and I talk about when I talk about the napkin. This really is the crux of my company. That is my great grand idea. I spilled it out all for you. Don't fucking steal it. <laughs> Got a copyright trademark yeah, between between after this, you know, yeah. before we release this. Yeah. But that's that's really that's the company in a nutshell. That huge rant, that passionate, invigorating, I need a glass of water rant. Really is what separates ambiguous podcast solutions, at least in theory right now, from everybody else. And the app is in development, and once that's ready, we're going to take this shit by storm. Well, simplified, user-friendly path to success and more viewership. Now, there are, there are reasons why other platforms do not do this. Now, for one, let's take Anchor, for example. Anchor is the biggest one because, one, it's free, and two, Spotify owns it. Now... How it makes sense for their business model is 
they don't allow you to post to multiple feeds at once. I'm assuming this is a guess now. I don't work there. I don't know anyone who works there. This is me just pontificating. Um, it's because they get money off of number of users on the platform, number of accounts created. So I have a wrestling network, um, Wrestle Act Radio, which Kings of the Rings is a part of, and we currently use Anchor. Now, under that feed, under that account, there's Wrestle Act Radio, there's Kings of the Rings, there's Fretzelmania, there's Young Lions Perspective, and there's like Wrestling with Impact. So that's that's five different accounts, right? Whereas for a biggest podcast solution, you'd be able to manage that entire network from one. Now, what's more attractive for Anchor? Five accounts or one account? And seeing as that when you create an RSS feed, it automatically goes to Spotify because Spotify owns it. What's more attractive to Spotify? One account or five accounts? The five. It's a little more annoying on the consumer. It's a little more work. But it's a strategy. It, it's a strategy. It makes more sense for their business model. I am banking on um, the consumer. I'm banking on the podcaster. I'm banking on the people more than just the strategy of corporations who I don't fully think understand podcasting the way I do at least. I just I think my philosophy is much better because I thought of it, obviously. But, no bias. Yeah, a little bias. But I, I think that's why all these platforms don't do what I thought of. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they see something I don't. But I'm I'm putting it all on black on that one. Yeah, I'm betting the house. I'm betting I'm betting Red Roof Realty on that one. It's like that Red Roof Realty. Is that real? I don't know if that's real or not. Well, you said I noticed you said Red House Realty. Red House then, Realty. Then you change it to Red Roof. But either either way, pretty good titles. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. Red House. Red Roof. Gold. I like Red Roof better because Red Red House is kind of yeah, weird. Yeah. Who wants a Red House? What's Red Roof? I mean. A lot of houses in Florida. But yeah, so that that is <laughs> more orange, I guess. That is my whole philosophy on multiple feeds, multiple RSS feeds, um, in doing it from one account. Because think about it, man. Like when you think of algorithms, when you go to Spotify right now and type in "talking with Tara Shock," let's see what comes up. It's gonna be a little different. Cause I'm subscribed to it, but uh, talking with Tara Shock. So yeah, um, my podcast does show up as a top result, as it should, as under podcast. But all that's next to that, there's a few songs, there's some artists. And if I scroll down further to podcasts, we have Talking With Tech, we have Truth Talks With Tara, we have Tarduck's Escape Podcast, we have Talk With Army, we have TV LKS with TV Boo. Now, instead... Of all those five, two, four, five, you're welcome for free publicity, by the way. It would be talking with Tarashuk. It would be talking sports with Tarashuk. It would be talking nonsense with Tarashuk. It would be talking entrepreneurship with Tarashuk. It would be talking education with Tarashuk. It would be talking baseball with Tarashuk. But the point is... Who are we talking to? Tarashuk. Oh. But the point is, there's just more listings. And then people can go, oh my God, what is this? I like baseball. Okay. Oh, he interviewed Chase Utley? Cool. Chase Utley, by the way, I'd love to talk to you. But, you know, it's just it's easier for an audience to find you if there's more listings of you out there. Right? And it works for the, the, the algorithms. That's and, what I mean. And Google. Yeah, and with Google. Exactly. And it's not – I don't think it's considered spam or, like, abusing the terms of service at a platforms because it's just – it's RSS feeds. 
it's just more it's a, it's it's another submission don't get me wrong so spotify still gets the, still gets the gain and the platform still get the gain because they are getting another submission they're getting another rss feed they're getting another podcast to their platform it's just instead of originating it's all being looped back to one user as opposed to a straight line with multiple users it's the only thing that's different is the person distributing it and i don't think they care about the person distributing it as long as, long as it gets distributed so semantics semantics and then it's a matter of uh statistics you know um i need to double check on this but if you can track statistics based on the audio file you're gold you know you don't need to do the math and try and add up different feeds and hire an internist to do math like you know what's thirty thousand plus fifteen thousand four hundred and sixteen right it's just it could all be aggregated through the app via the audio file which is stored on either our own servers or on amazon servers but that's all technical mumbo jumbo that uh, Nathan needs to figure out and Nash needs to figure out because, you know, they own the company as well. But I love to know what you all think about my feeds idea. Again, don't steal it, please. I'll be very upset if, like, Amazon's like, guess what we have? Because they also release podcasts on uh, Amazon Podcasts. Actually, it's Audible. They release their podcast on Audible. So do that as well. Any thoughts, Christian? No, no. Great. I'll just, I'll just keep... I'll just keep mumbling to myself over here. What time should I <laughs> what time my throat's getting dry, man? What time should I release my podcast? This one's tough actually. Um I don't know. And I honestly don't think it matters. Look at the individual platform. Like Instagram, for example. Mm. It offers insights. When your users are most active, when they're most online, breaks everything down for you. That's true. But, but every platform, uh, most platforms, they have these insights. And it's going to vary. But I think that that's the way I would do it. True. But, you know, back to, back to TikTok, Christian, the, um, the, uh, the, the one, uh, our most famous one, which we don't like to talk about here. But uh, <laughs> I, I, Who doesn't like talking about you it? You, you keep bringing you, it up. You don't, like, you don't like talking about it. <laughs> no, I, mean, I think it's amusing. It is. It's about you. Um, yeah. I posted that at 1130 at night on like a Thursday. Like a throwaway clip. I was like, I, I'm just going to put this one out there because I can't fall asleep when I'm bored. I just kind of want to get something out there. Let's see what happens. Let's throw the pot. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, this one might be a little too controversial. Let me throw it at, let me throw it at a dead zone time. And that, 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 that dead zone time became a hot spot really quickly. What's a dead zone time? You I, know? Who, see, because you're in one time zone. That's, that's a true versus, thing. Versus. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, did, I did label it Spanish. So maybe people in Spain were like, ooh. Dios mío. Right? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. That's that's a good thing. The time zones, you know, podcasting is an international medium. Well, so. it depends on it depends. See, a place like TikTok, your actual your actual followers don't necessarily matter, right? Versus other platforms, it's going to depend on your audience. But with a place like TikTok, who's your audience? Mm, your algorithm. Everybody's the audience. Yeah, yeah. But I would I would say is you know keep it consistent. Um, most people would probably tell you that do it 8 a.m. in the morning because it's right before they commute to work. Most people go to work around 7.38 in the morning. If they get in the car, turn on their podcasting app, and boom, it's right there ready for their 45-minute commute. Or they got to hop on the train, and boom, it's right there. It's already downloaded, and it's ready to go. Um, Consistency is pretty important. You can bounce on YouTube. I release, I premiere them either 8 in the morning, 10 in the morning, noon o'clock, no at noon o'clock, noon. 
I like, I like to play around. Um, what I should do if I actually have the time. Well, actually, so that's actually what I'm going to have an intern do, which I can get an intern. I'm going to be like, listen, create a spreadsheet. Note down every single time. The, get a, the column for the title. Column for the date. Column for the time. Column for the views. And find trends. Now, like you said, Instagram and TikTok might have that for you. But uh, like iTunes, Spotify, won't. Right. Your your platform, your distribution platform probably won't. So you got to do like YouTube doesn't. So you got to track that yourself. That's what I would do. Find trends. You know, you got to do case studies on your audience for knowing when to release your stuff. When are they watching it? And then, and then from there, be consistent. Like for me, my YouTube channels, I know that they release a bunch of them right at noon. Monday, Tuesday, Thursday. And then Wednesday, Friday is another thing I'm not too keen of, but they release them at noon. So I'm conditioned to know, okay, noon, let me check the videos, and I can clear out what I want to watch and what I don't want to watch. Other people, it's completely random. Other people post their clips on weekends. So I kind of know. And honestly, it's, it's funny. I, on my YouTube feed, other than the fact it says three, four days ago it was posted, I can tell what time of day it was posted or what day it was posted based on where I am on my YouTube feed. And same thing with my with my with my Stitcher feed. Like I know my favorite wrestling podcast releases Friday morning. Joe Rogan is like three four times a week, pretty much randomly. So, I it's a pleasant surprise. You know, sometimes random is good, but you got to figure out when to do it with your uh, with the audience and what works best for you. Because you can always schedule. You can schedule anything. Like right now, I have all the clips. That's another thing for uh, actual uh, multiple RSS feeds clips. On the RSS feed, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a different RSS feed talking with Tarashek clips, talking with Tarashek full shows, and everything else. So, uh, social media distribution. Uh, I believe Gary V. Gary Vaynerchuk is one that said, "If you are, if you aren't creating content for your business on the internet, then your business might as well not exist." I'm paraphrasing, but that's essentially what he said. Basically, if you're not on social media, you don't have a strong presence, then your company or your business, as well as your podcast, will fail. Social media is everything today, and everyone is on it, so you need to be on it too, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube, and TikTok. That's six. So each platform has a different strategy, audience, and criteria for content. Um, I'm going to give my opinion on how to target each platform uh, as well as kind of content you should make. Please note that each strategy may change based on the type of content you create. Remember, is the P stand for personal or professional? Also keep in mind, I could be completely wrong. These are my opinions. So, without further ado, Krishna, are you ready? I'm ready. Uh, Facebook. Facebook is the oldest and most successful social media platform out there. Facebook was founded in 2004 and has changed the way people communicate for better or for worse. What you're going to need to do is create a Facebook page for your podcast or a Facebook group. Once you actually find an audience in a building, uh, building a community. Because community is very, very important with uh, marketing and promoting your podcast. If you don't have a community, then you're talking into dead air. And a Facebook page creates community of fans who follow, comment, and share your content. Now, I think pages aren't as prioritized in Facebook algorithms as they used to be. But I still think they're very beneficial. Um, 
If you conduct research for your podcast, it's a good place to list your sources, use links, tag the creator, use hashtags, tag your guests. It's easy to share. You know, everyone knows how to use Facebook, for better or worse. Um, so, yeah, use Facebook to your advantage. You know, some you're going to prioritize more than others. I don't prioritize Facebook that much, um, mainly because a Facebook page um, is a good way to keep in touch with the audience and more personal touch. And the average Facebook user, as of writing this, was 40 years old, 41 if you round up. Um, so keep that in mind as well. Uh, Facebook is also trying to push more reels. Um, so do that as well. You know, it's pretty easy. It's very basic. I've used it. It's not that great compared to TikTok and Instagram. But I do it. They, they get some traction. They get some likes. But... You know, that could be for a number of different reasons. Um, Facebook can be a tricky one. You know, I don't, I don't prioritize Facebook over a TikTok by far. I don't prioritize anything over the RSS feed. But I still need a presence on Facebook because you never know what's going to pop off. Right, Christian? Absolutely. All right. Twitter. <sighs> Getting oh, tired? Oh, Twitter. No, I just hate Twitter. Oh. I, I hate Twitter the most. The most. Twitter's a, Twitter's a cesspool. But Twitter is designed to have a conversation in the now. This is before and after Elon Musk bought it. Um, if you have a football podcast, it would be a good idea to live tweet a football game. So Thursday Night Football, people watch it. Live tweet it. It could be a podcast feed. You know, our wrestling podcast, very successful on Twitter. You very very real-time platform. It's a very real-time platform. You know, make sure you use hashtags that are trending to get noticed. Keep comments short due to the character limit. Make sure you double-check because you can't edit. Uh, make sure to tag whoever you're tweeting about. Twitter is a great way to talk to your followers and have a conversation with them. You can conduct polls. You can ask questions. You can share your opinions. You can join a conversation. Twitter also has different universes based around a typical different topic. So Twitter has built-in communities. It's like wrestling. WWE and wrestling, it's a whole community in Twitter. Like, you know, a lot of our feeds and for rest our wrestling podcast is just talking about wrestling. And trust me, it's just as toxic as all the other ones. But there's another there's another community around K-pop. Uh, even more focused on more around social justice and political issues. Businesses, finance, all the finance bros. It's like a Reddit. It is like a Reddit. All the elites, politicians, people with money. News organizations, journalists, they all use Twitter. It is a great research tool. Like, um, if something big happens, like say there's a developing story in like a protest in D.C. and something happens, you know, I go to Twitter. And I just type in, you know, like U.S. Capitol. Like on, let's say January 6th, for example. Twitter was a great place to get up-to-date information but minute by minute now short and concise whether it's all accurate is one thing but you know you get information out there or like um say um like last 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 year the uh super bowl odell beckham like stories acl as mcl like mid game you go to twitter for updates you're gonna find updates on twitter before broadcast tv it tells you that he's not coming back for the second half you know stuff like that find your corner of twitter and thrive in your niche. That's what Twitter's for. 
Not the best place for posting content, um, I've learned, but good luck. Uh, Twitter is also a great research research tool, which I did. Which like, if you do a current events political podcast, you can search trending hashtags and see what people are tweeting about. So like, when uh, Nash and I did a American Minutes, which was a current events and political podcast, you know, we would do journey into the comments, which is where we just read people's tweets about how insane and crazy they are. It was really fun. So that was a lot of fun. Are you, are you on Twitter, Christian? I have a Twitter account. I haven't uh, been on Twitter since, I guess, the social media boom, really. Yeah. You know, when Twitter first came out, I had a handle. I have a handle now for the studio. Um, but, you know, as you pointed out, it's not really a great place for, you know, for content necessarily. It's more for information. Yeah. Or funny, some things that are funny. Humorous or, you know, informational. Trolling. Kind of trolling. People love trolling on Twitter. You know, uh, so yeah, I have I have a handle uh, for this for the studio. I think uh, Cube Studios MTC. But uh, I'm not really on there too much. Instagram. I love scrolling through it. Actually, I use I use Facebook more for scrolling than anything. I use Instagram for scrolling. Instagram's uh, real good Sending scrolling. memes, memes to my friends and texting Jasmine. Yeah, me and my girlfriend text on Instagram. We don't, like, we have her phone number, obviously. DM. Yeah, we just we just go on Instagrams, we change the memes and TikToks. Uh, it's funny how that works. Like, uh, world's changing. We st- we started talking. We just, on Instagram we started dating, and it's, we just, we just never moved over to text. Oh, you're a DM slider, eh? Yeah, we just that's just that's just that's just what we did. <laughs> Didn't know that, man. We, we never grew out of it. Yeah, we only talk on Instagram. All right. And it's really funny. Like me and Ash send memes to each other. Um, me and yeah, that's really it. That's all you use Instagram for. True social platform. Yeah, it's very social. Instagram. Uh, at least it was all about photos, but now it's all about reels. Instagram really wants to be TikTok, so they're pushing reels hard, heavy, very hard to the an- annoying amounts. But keep in mind, Instagram is huge among young adults. Instagram's most popular y- users are young. Uh, 67% of them are between 18 and 29 years old. Glad I'm still in that demo. Um, so keep that in mind. When you create content, use a bunch of hashtags. They love a bunch of hashtags. I think the limit for a post is 25. If you can make it to 25, use 25. For whatever reason, it works. And then tag whomever you're talking about. You can do um, the collaborate feature, which is pretty cool because it can go on two feeds at once. Sound familiar? Instagram? Huh? Sound familiar? Um, and your strategy will change based on the show, but focus a lot around yourself. Instagram is a good place for behind the scenes. Um, Instagram is more personal social media platform out there. Use it to show yourself off. If you have a health and fitness podcast, post photos of you in the gym, before and after pictures, your diet. If you do the juice diet, do like a video a reel of you grinding up the juice. Um, I don't know why I did the grr sound, but I did. I say, well, you know, can we, can we get another? <laughs> um, <laughs> use Instagram Live to interact with your fan base. You know, that's something we, we want to do with uh, Unknown Unknown Nonsense, going live, at, going live on Instagram. But that's kind of hard because we're in a studio and we're not on our phones. Like, Instagram is very phone-heavy, which is annoying. I wish their web base was a little bit better. But, hey, maybe Elon will buy that and fix that. In time. Yeah. Instagram's also a great place for memes uh, and use them to your advantage. Honestly, I, I, would, I would honestly, not even kidding – Make a job title meme lord. Your job is just to post memes about my podcast. That is your job. And just interact, build a following, build a community, 
Um, a lot of people look to Instagram to laugh and to see a quality meme. If you're a motivational speaker or deep into yoga, you can find motiv motivational and inspirational memes. They're cheesy, but they're effective. They're weird and they're creepy, but they're effective. If you're a sports podcast, you can post a meme um, of a stat or an inspirational quote or the meme craze currently of LeBron James lying to everybody, which is hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. You have to fill me in on that offline. Yeah, offline. So, yeah. Apparently, um, like, LeBron James said, like, he was listening to Meek Mill in the gym in, like, 2010 when Meek Mill didn't release an album until 2013. Like, stuff like that. I think that's what really kicked it off. Fact, he's getting fact-checked? He's getting fact-checked hard. He's like lying in interviews, but like people he helped promote. And he's stuff. like, this guy wasn't out yet. Yeah. So the me the meme is just like, man, I told JFK not to go to not not to go to Dallas in 1962, but he didn't listen to me. It's a shame. Right, right, so right. That, that those right. are the memes going around. It's hilarious. And then reels, you know, post reels, and when you're posting reels, it's weird. So like, I always try and put music under my reels. I try and do stickers. I try and do text, and I try and do filters. As much as possible, because Instagram wants you using their platform. They want all you all this data is being collected. They they uh, they want you time on app is super important to them. So if you spend more time creating your reel and using their platform, they're more likely to push you in the algorithm. If you just post it from TikTok or if you just post it from a social media post like a uh, Hootsuite or a Social Pilot, they're less likely to push you because you're just doing a cheat code. I actually saw a study saying that if Instagram releases a new feature, use it. Use it. Right away. Mm -hmm. Don't wait. Use it right away. Because they're, they're going to push it. They're and I also it. heard that people that do that in practice actually get some of the new features before everyone else. It's like there's a little, there's a little mm. asterisk next to your account. Like, oh, mm. this, guy's a, he, this person's a feature user. Let's 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 give them the feature first before the rest of the world has it. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, like yeah, like when YouTube launched Shorts, oh man, I should have done it all on that. I should have done that so quick. Like TikTok has these nows. I don't know what they are, but I saw them. Like I should probably be using these, but I don't know what they are, and I don't really care. So that's my problem. Um, but yeah, reels aren't going anywhere. They want to compete with TikTok. And they're gonna push it. But they're what? Remember, what Instagram wants is more important than what you have. That's the same for any tech platform. That's the same for any social media. When it comes to social media, you don't matter. They matter. Let that sink in. Yeah. You don't matter when it comes to social media. The only thing that matters is that you use the platform and use their use their thing. So like you'll see you'll see reels with this that that TikTok watermark because TikTok is brilliant. And you can just share from TikTok. Um, Instagram will be like, what is this? Deprioritize. Deprioritize. But like if you go through their upload feature. And I, I'm sure I get deep, I get deep, deep platform, not deep platform, but like deep, deep, uh, pushed down in the algorithm because I upload videos, pre-recorded videos. I don't record a video using TikTok, or Instagram, or TikTok, so that probably works to my disadvantage. Um, but what are you gonna do? What What can I do, really? I, I'm just gonna grab my phone and do a reel right now while I'm recording this. I mean, I, I could, but why? <laughs> that makes sense. It's an argument for st standard of quality versus uh, submitting to the algorithm. Yeah. Uh, almost done here. LinkedIn. LinkedIn is one of the most underrated and underappreciated social media sites out there. If you're not there making content, you should be. You should be. Now, be strategic. Uh, 
keep it professional. Uh, I probably shouldn't have posted some of our unknown, unknown nonsense posts there and podcasts there, but I did. Uh, I did avoid some, but I think like uh, I think I avoided the Adele wait the, when we talked about Adele. I think I avoided that one. I did post that one on LinkedIn. Yeah. But like the uh, when we talked about gambling and uh, not the gambling, the uh, the uh, the uh, the uh, the, uh, the um lottery ticket with Christopher. The racket. The racket. Yeah. I, I did. I did. I did. I think I did put that one on there. Um. Keep in mind, LinkedIn is professional. Everyone. Ugh, I do have this running joke. If I was a comedian, this would be a bit. That there's no faker website on the internet than LinkedIn. LinkedIn is this the most fake, ridiculous, like I'm putting on an appearance website out there. Exactly. Everyone is everyone's Superman. Everyone's nice. Everyone's polite. All right. I mean, we got resumes on there. Yeah. Right. There's, you know. There's a, so there's some. There's a certain level of embellishment. <laughs> there, there's a there's a lot of exclamation points. I'm like, the world would be a better place if everyone acted like they were posting on LinkedIn. Um, to, oh, like you're talking about fake excitement? Yeah. Excellent, Kathy. Congrats on a new job. I'm in the back of my mind, like that. Oh, and it's automated too. Yeah. You know, it it'll it'll send you a message. Congratulate such and such. Yeah, you just click and it goes. Congratulations on your new job. Looking forward to hearing about more just about it. Boom and boom. It's like, did you mean that? No. It's like the it's like the new LOL as things got more radical. Yeah. Yeah, how many L's do you have? How many L- how many O's do you have in your LMAO? Like I'm tell I'm telling you, look, if if there is a company out there or like a person out there who posts the same thing to Facebook or Twitter and LinkedIn, look at the comments on LinkedIn. Look at the comments everywhere else. There's a stark difference. There's a very very stark difference. Yeah. Find me a troll on LinkedIn. I dare you. Look at the comments. That'd be section. fun. That'd be fun. Yeah. Look at look at the comment section. It's what the ideal world. YouTube should look is like. the king of trolling. You know. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I'll I'll. Clap. But I'm, I mean, I'm getting trolled on TikTok, so I'll, I, I'll I, clap yeah. back at you if you if you troll me on YouTube. I'll clap back at you. I don't I'm care. Clap back. Oh, yeah, I was, I was smack him around. Um, yeah, someone like someone someone posted the other day. It's like why why should listen why should I listen to uh podcast advice from someone who has no views? I did, I did drop TikTok stats on. I'm like, oh yeah, no views. Cost hundred thousand. Oh, day, you did so that? I did. I drop did, the stats. I did have to drop the stats. I I mouthed off to him a little bit first, but uh. Yeah, I did do that. Mm. Um, but yeah, LinkedIn. Everyone's nice, kind, and understanding with each other. People encourage each other with uh, encourage each I'm other. Glad you pointed that out, though. And fake sh- the fakeness of it. Yeah, all. and and they stress the importance of hard work. Keep that in mind when creating your content on LinkedIn. Keep it family friendly. Keep it professional. And if you do a charity event or a breast cancer walk, you throw that on LinkedIn. Anything that presents you in the pat on the back. Or give me praise, or give me a hug, pal. It's like the Toms of uh, social media platforms. Yeah, but also LinkedIn because it's it's a great way to network. It is it is it is the workplace. It is the socially polite and social justice warrior's best friend. LinkedIn is content depending. You know, yep. that could be a a big uh, big avenue. And it's a great place to network. Um, so use the network. You just get your voice out there in the most positive way possible. If you're a business podcast, it can't hurt to reach out to people who know businesses and want to be a guest on your podcast. If you have a cooking show and you look for independent chefs and restaurant owners, you can get creative. You know, I've had a few guests on, on uh, LinkedIn, and a few of those guests have connected me to other guests. And the first thing I do, I go to LinkedIn. When I'm researching a guest, first thing I do, I go to their LinkedIn. You know, um, 
you never know what you're going to get from LinkedIn. LinkedIn is the most surprising um, platform. You get a lot of people trying to sell you stuff too. You get a lot of uh, people not from America trying to sell you like podcast promotion. Uh, don't do that. I don't believe those are real. They're like, hey, we can get you a thousand plus real viewers. I'm like, oh, the fact you have to tell me that they're real makes me think they're not real. So, <laughs> but yeah, you can just hit that. They are not bots. Yeah, you can hit that automated no thank you button and just not do anything. Um, yeah. So that's LinkedIn. LinkedIn's a great tool. TikTok. We're going to wrap this up with TikTok. Oh, TikTok. Now, as of recording this, it's not banned in the U.S., so keep that in mind. It might be banned in the U.S. Um, and honestly, it probably should be banned in the U.S. because all the ties to the Chinese government. But we're not here to talk about politics. We're doing a LinkedIn comment. We're doing a LinkedIn post. It's all fun and positivity. Uh, TikTok audience. We, the, according to this website I found, TikTok is estimated that about 80 million monthly active users in the United States alone. I have a feeling that number is more, but this was as of 2022. 60% of female, which I find surprising, 40% of male. 60% are between the ages of 16 and 24. 26 between 25 and 44. So that is what is known in, in the industry as the key demo. So the reason why... Like, Facebook by far, globally, has the most monthly users by, like, I think five times as long as TikTok. But the difference is, is that 86% of TikTok users are between the age of 16 and 44. And that is what is known as the key demo of advertising. Uh, I don't know why, because typically people between the age of 16 and 30 don't have money. But that's... That's always how it's been entertainment. The key demo is like 18 to 40. So TikTok has a master lock, a head, a head a chokehold on the key demo. And what's also important there is like for, for our TV show, for example, um, like wrestling. Wrestling ratings are so important in the key demo because if you are 19 years old watching wrestling and you've been watching since you were five, you know, for me – I'm going to watch wrestling with my kids. And then that's going to create new fans. So the idea is that younger generation is more likely to keep watching as they get older. And they're more likely to pass it on to their kids for newer newer viewers. So that's another reason why TikTok is very, very important. Gen Z. 60% of TikTok users are Gen Z. And Gen Z are what they call trendsetters. Next year, 74, pe 74 million people in the U.S. will be part of Gen Z. It will be the largest generation ever, ever, ever. And those are the people who are consuming podcasts. Those are the people who are consuming YouTube. Those are the people who are going to consume your content. So, yeah, TikTok is very, very important. TikTok's the same way. Um, you got to use their stuff. I put music from TikTok um, in my posts. I do trending hashtags. You know, I um, their their stats are a little weird. It's kind of hard to get stats of more than sixty ninety days out. So, every single one of my TikTok posts has a hashtag talking with talking with Tarashuk in it, because it tracks how many people use well have viewed videos with that hashtag, um, which is also useful for trending hashtags. And talking with Tarashuk as well as APS podcasts and the hashtags that have over a hundred thousand views. So, that's pretty cool. So use that as a way to trend with the audience. The way I use TikTok also, if someone likes 
or comments on my video, the first thing I do is follow them immediately. First thing I do is follow them, and I, I'll like one of their videos. I don't care what their content's about. I don't care what their content is saying. I don't even I sometimes I even watch the video. I go and I hit the like button. Why? Because I'm trying to get them to like mine. I'm trying to get them to follow mine. Also, I use it as a barometer. So currently on TikTok, as of recording this, I have I have three hundred. Oh, I just gained a new follower. Very nice. I have three hundred and twenty-five followers, and I am following fifteen hundred and twenty-six people. Now that fifteen hundred number um, is a gauge for me, so I can tell people I have had fifteen hundred unique people engage with my channel, whether it's viewing my account. Whether it's liking, whether it's subscribing, whether it's commenting. And that is just public accounts. That number is also larger because people are private and you got to request them and they have denied me for whatever reason. So that number could easily be around 2,000. So I've had 2,000 people engage with my channel in one way, shape, or another. That's just part of my TikTok strategy. And that's important. So yeah, you have to be on TikTok because that's where the people are. As much as I hate it, as much as I despise it, as much as I despise hate using it and I hate watching it. I put my stuff on there because it's at by far where the Talking with Tarashek podcast is most successful. Nice. Yeah. Nah, you really sold me on TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they can hire uh, me as a salesperson, right? Hey, G, give me a call. Really sold me on TikTok there. I, I hope I didn't. But yeah, that's that's our series. That is everything you need to know in the world of podcasting from Coming up with an idea, a name and logo, buying equipment, getting the editing software, recording, setting up equipment, you know, editing, distributing, and then social media and beyond. You know, there's other episodes here with marketing uh, from Jared Laverne. There's other episodes here with um, how to use our app once that is finished with Nash Moore. Because actually, once that's ready, that's probably be actually a long time before that's ready. But I hope this helped you. You know, like, share, subscribe, all that fun stuff. Um, anything I missed, anything you guys want me to cover, let me know. And Christian and I can run it back. Christian, any final thoughts? No, I mean, I think we really took them through the whole gambit. You know, from uh, starting off, picking your topic, distribution, social media, all of the platforms, best best practices. I think we did a pretty holistic how-to series here. Yeah, when it's all said and done, we're going to have about between 8 and 10 episodes probably close to 20 hours of content. That's not true. Probably between 15 and 20 hours of content. Um, all the clips, edit files, all the data, because I got to do the talking with Tarasha graphics. I also got to do the APS graphics when it releases on that feed and all those videos. It's probably going to be close to a terabyte of data. Yeah. Yeah. So all that on how to learn a podcast. Is this free? Yeah, this is all free. Oh, yeah, for yeah. free. Yeah, all, all, pad, all, podcasts are, all of our podcasts are free. Yeah. Uh, if you want me to, if you want me to be a guest on your podcast, still eventually, if you want to be a guest on my podcast, that might not be free, but for now it's free. So, if you want to be a podcast while it's still free, if you want to be a guest on the Hawking Metallic Podcast, reach out to me, Will at APSPodcast.com. That's W I L L at APSPODCAST.com. And yeah, we'll get you on. Um, all those are going to be on the Hawking Metallic feed. This podcast is also on the APS feed. Um, and, and honestly, down the line, where the other feed we feel makes sense. So. Thank you all for listening. We'll be back next time. But until then, y'all take care.